Christianity Matters Part 2. And really, that might be a, a partial, partially true statement, Part 2, but really it's still Part 1. <laughs> I didn't get as far as I wanted to last week in talking about, or two weeks ago, uh, talking about how we need to become Christ. Um, we need to put on the character of Christ um, can get to my right sermon. I opened up another sermon. <laughs> Getting lost here. Um, so I'm going to kind of retouch. I might even go through a lot, repeat a lot of the same things. But I want to, um, I also want to talk about, uh, I'll give you some demonstration of my own life. This, you know, the, the, the compassion, the, the demonstration, the becoming like Christ. It's just to the response to the cross. It's not, it's, there's no pat on my back. It's not like, uh, it's not like I, I, I share this with you, so mimic me. Although Paul does say, you know, do, follow me, you know, like do what I'm doing. And Jesus says, you know, if you really were children of Abraham, you'd be doing the things Abraham did, trusting in God. And, but but what, what I'm, I'm saying is, is sometimes, you know, uh, a testimony, testimonies can kind of stir up interest for what God is doing in my life and doing in this, this body's life. You know, when, when, the same way that when one family member suffers, uh, all of us suffer together. It's the same way when one of us celebrates, all of us celebrate. And so just know that any testimony I do share that you feel, wow, that's awesome. Um, don't, don't ever let Satan come in and say, I wish that was me. Always just say, wow, God, I celebrate with him because I know I'm part of that body. You know, so just, just so you know that God is... Um, uh, and, and likewise, I mean, when, when there's wins in your life, uh, I celebrate with you. And uh, today I probably actually will be maybe even a little bit more interactive. I know I'm, I, I'm supposed to preach right now, but I might be doing a little bit of teaching, a little bit of both. So are you guys okay with that? You, I, I want to learn from you. I have a lot to learn from you guys. I'm, I'm half most of your guys' age. That was rude, wasn't it? No, that's rude. <laughs> Okay, you're not 50. The majority of you guys, you're looking about, oh, you know what? There's no win. You can't win in that statement. So you guys look good, all of you guys. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, have your way. Have your way. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, um, I remember, uh, I'll re- retell that story of when I, you know, the moment when Heather, I was at work at Trinity, and I remember coming home to to, um, we were living in a double-wide trailer, and we stepped, I stepped into the house, and we had dinner, and, and Heather was trying to tell me that she was pregnant, and I was completely oblivious. First, first child, but she was tell, trying to tell me uh, uh, that she's pregnant. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to, like, eat my food, and then I'm getting ready to leave. All right, see you later. Love you. And I'm trying to hit the door, and she was like, all right, we will see you later. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, you and Jesus. She's like... Nope. I'm like, who's in here? You know, like, okay, well, who else is, you know, and she's like, she just kind of like, you know, like, are you pregnant? And like I said, every emotion that is possible for a human to experience was felt in that moment. <laughs> it was amazing. Just the joy, the, the fear, the, I mean, everything that just kind of floods you at once, the happiness, the, the, the vision. Oh man, what is God going to do in our family because of, because of our son? Uh, who's named Elijah? Uh, God is God is so good. We we uh, Elijah is two and a half years old, getting there, two and a quarter probably. Um, he is just uh, uh, just such an awesome son. I love him to pieces. 
Um, but, you know, there's going to become a moment where he's going to be in desperate need of the cross. There's going to be a moment where he actually needs Jesus. And right now, in, in his ignorance and his, in his young age, and I, I can't say when that moment is, and you know, whether it's the age of accountability or not, there's going to be a moment that he needs Christ. And, you know, I believe that even, even those who die uh, through the tragedy of, of abortion or through um, miscarriages or, or Judah, our, our son, um, they all desperately need the cross. No one gets a free ride in heaven. No one. No one is innocent. We are all from Adam, and we are all guilty of sin. But because of the love of Christ, if, if it's true that Jesus took the first steps into our life, I'm confident that the babies, the, the, the kids that die prematurely, are in the arms of Jesus. I'm so desperate. But we can't ever wash down the message of the gospel his, his love is, is amazing. Every one of those kids, I believe, will be taught what he did on the planet. He is so good. So I want to I wanna talk a little bit about what it looks like, why our identity matters as Christians. Uh, I've, I've felt this for quite a while, uh, and, and it, I'm going to be kind of pulling for both things, but our identity is incredibly valuable because as sons and daughters, those who have been touched by heaven... Those of us who have been infected by the love of the Father need to look different than those who have not. It's just, it's just very obvious. Uh, if, if, if we are sons of God, then we are born into royalty. Uh, what the word of God says about us has to be true, and so we must start living as it is truth. Okay? It's so good. It's so good. And, and so my main point where I'm going with this is that our new identity in Christ, it's all because of Christ. It's not our new, we don't get a new identity uh, outside of Christ. Our new identity in Christ uh, brings a new reality in the, in the natural. It should bring a new, new reality, just practically speaking. So let's open your Bibles to Colossians 3. Let's read, uh, let's read verses 1 through 4. Colossians 3. 1 through 4. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of this earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. You know, in Revelations, Jesus talks about those who endure to the end will actually sit on the throne with Jesus because we're co-heirs with him. You know, in the Old Testament, the Yahweh said, I don't share my glory with anyone. And every time he said that, he was referring to idols. You have... You have given yourself over to idols. You bow down to them. You love them. You, you, you sacrifice your children to them. I don't share my glory with that. That is not my image. But in, in John chapter 17, Jesus actually prays for us. He says, I pray for these disciples and for all of the, them that believe through them. He says, I pray that God, that I, I, I give them my glory just as you and I were one, I give them my glory so that we can be one with them. And so there's a moment 
when Christ is revealed that we will share in his glory. And really, glory, uh, there's a lot of, the, the one that, that I studied a lot of, glory means God's approval. You know, we, we, get our, we try to get our approval from so many different areas in our life, uh, whether it's our wife. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about me? It's so, you know, so tempting for me to, to um, just go to Heather and say, hey, how do you feel about me? What do you think about me? And for her to tell me, and then for me to live on her, on her feelings. See, that works until basically she starts, she's having a bad day, she's not living by the Spirit, and she says, you know, I just really feel like you're a nasty person, da-da-da-da-da, or vice versa. It works until we contradict, we, we contradict the Word of God. And so where we need to really put all of our approval is what God thinks of us, because he's a father who adopted us. So many times we look to our brothers and sisters to get our approval and to see how we're doing in our spiritual walk instead of looking to the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus, who did live the life we are supposed to live. So he's not, he's not asking us to do anything uh, he didn't do already. So the first point out of these verses is we have to make heaven's priorities part of our daily practices. And, so, and this is where I kind of wanted to share some, maybe some of my, uh, some, some testimonies and maybe even hear back from you guys because this is what church is all, all about. It's, it's, I want you to build me up. I want to build you guys up and we, we have a lot to learn. Uh, I was blessed today, this morning by a testimony of, of God just intervening in, in a life. Oh, just, it just stirs my heart. It's so amazing. So the first thing that we have to do if we're going to step into the new reality that we've been called to is that we have to make heaven, heaven's priorities part of our daily practice. Just turn with me quick to John 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14 says, don't, uh, 14 sentence, excuse me, he says, um, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, Jesus is talking, and the words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. See, what Jesus uh, did, uh, what, what Jesus said, everything that he did, was a reflection of the Father, his heart towards man. And so now he's called us to walk in that same, in, in those same priorities, in heaven's same priorities. And so one of the things that he did um, in, in Luke 19, I'll just read it for you, is, you know, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Uh, I, I remember uh, going, I was in Sioux Falls visiting a friend, and... Um, and I was, uh, we were talking, and I was just encouraging them different, different things. We were talking about God, and uh, as, as um, the time came to an end, I was like, oh, great, okay, great. Now I can go home. It was, it's been fun. I mean, it legitimately has. It's been great, been pouring into them. That's been awesome. But now it's time to go home, and I can be with my wife and be with my family, and I can, you know, kind of kick up my feet. So I'm, I'm leaving this place, and I, I'm literally, I open the door, I take a, I take a step out, and I feel Holy Spirit just tell me, just through my thoughts, it's not audible, just through my, my heart, my thoughts, I felt him say, there's a man sitting over here and he needs you to go tell him that Jesus just loves him so much. And so, uh, you know, I go in there, I saw him, and I'm just like, this guy, I mean, he looks kind of, he, in, in, from the world's perspective, uh, he looked very well put together and just kind of a, uh, just a really bright, bright young guy. I mean, he's taller than I was and just really, 
he just seemed like a really legit kind of guy, you know? And so I was like, oh God, you know, instantly fear comes. That's what the enemy does. He tries to bring fear and intimidate you. No longer slaves to fear. Thank you. But that's what he does. And so, but I'm like, you know what, Father? Uh, I know who I am. And you've called me to live in a different reality than this. So I said, Father, if this is your will, okay. So I, I, sh- I shut the door. I went back inside and I went up to the guy and I just said, hey, man. I was halfway out the door. I just told him, I said, I was halfway out the door and I just felt like God just told me to come over here and tell you how much he just desperately loves you. And you never believe it, but the guy instantly, tears, I mean, just filled his eyes and, and he's going through one of the hardest moments of his life. Uh, his family's abandoned him completely. Uh, he's deep into every sort of uh, addiction you can imagine. He has uh, kids with different, uh, different women uh, just he was hit rock bottom, and in in my perspective, I was just like, man, this guy's this guy has it all put together, but but that man needed an encounter, and so I got to pray with him. I gave him my number. I said, hey man, I love you, and I get, begin to just speak life into him. Right then, he had to get going. Uh, someone called him that he needed to keep moving, but but um, God is not overly concerned with making sure that they say, God, I know I'm a sinner please forgive me, I've sinned, amen. He's not overly concerned with that prayer as much as he's concerned with us stepping into the reality of who we were called to be because it is about the other six days. I didn't do that on a Sunday. It wasn't even on a Wednesday night. It was on a day where I wanted to get home. I, I, I missed Heather. I wanted to get my feet up. I'd already been ministering. Maybe I, I should have, you know, maybe I, I just need to get home. And, and I say that to celebrate with you. Celebrate God's goodness because it's, it's, God, it's, it's me hearing God's voice and me saying yes to God's voice. Now, I could, I could tell you numerous times where I've heard God's voice and I, and I didn't obey. And it's because of fear. It's because of um, anxiety. It's because of not knowing what to say. It's because of there's a million, million reasons why. But all of them stem from the enemy. All of them lead right to the, the, the father of lies. He is so against uh, sons, he's so against orphans being adopted. And so that's, that's one, one uh, instance where I, I got to demonstrate. I sought out those and I, and I, I realigned my priorities, priorities to that of heaven. In Romans 8.14 it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And it's normal, if you get, let me tell you, uh, just in the future, if you ever get a, a, a word or a prompt, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, of like, man, I need to go over there and speak words of life into that person, let me, let me tell you right now, it's not Satan. <laughs> it's not Satan. He, he, it's God, and, he, and he's so desperate for people in Huron, and he has planted you here uniquely so that we can be his hands and feet in this place. We're, as Christians, we're like, God, can you please get us out of this mess? Please send a revival so that it takes care of all of our work. But he said, okay, I'll send the revival as soon as you stand up from here. See, we are his revival. We are the encounter. We are the bridge between heaven and earth. And he paid way too much for us to look like the world. I mean, does it really matter if we can speak in, in tongues? Does it really matter if we can prophesy? Does it really matter if we can heal the sick if there's not love in our hearts and, and, and trying to draw people into our draw people into the family of God. Does do those things really matter if we just look like the world every other moment? Think about those things. And again, it's not it's not to discourage you, it's to sober us. It's to say, wow, 
you know what, there's a greater life waiting for me. And uh, I'm just going to give you a few, few testimonies, but I, it's uh, <laughs> just, just yes, or two days, two or three days ago, I was in, Wal- I was in Walmart and uh, picking up some water or whatever, and I, I walk up to this guy, and this guy was a big, big man. I mean, he was very, and I'm just like, oh, God, that fear just comes back, you know. It's terrible. It just, it just follows you. Fears, fear, let me tell you, is, is one of the most demonic influences of the enemy because it cripples us. It, do, it causes us to not perform as sons and daughters, to look like Jesus. It, it caused Pharisees uh, to, to not mimic Abraham. It, it, fear is so crippling, and it's, it would be no different than getting in a car accident and being paralyzed from the neck down. It's no different. Fear does the same exact thing. It cripples us, and, and it causes us to say, well, I'm not going to speak out. Church, man, I wanted to give a prophetic word, but man, oh boy. See, it cripples us, and, and the enemy thinks that it's just normal, but it's, it, that is not normal for the kingdom of God. He, God calls us to have power, love, and a sound mind. That's the Spirit of God living inside of you, if you know Jesus. And, uh, and he, calls us to, he calls us to so much more than that. Uh, but anyway, I was in Walmart, and like I said, this, this, this guy, and he, he's huge. He walks by me, and I'm just like, man, this guy, okay, Lord, but I know who I am. I know that I've been called to live in a different reality, and I'm called to seek and save those who are lost because I'm realign my priorities. And so I said, okay, hey. I, I walk up to the guy, and I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? And he looks at me, he's like, hey, man been a long time. I'm just like, whoa. Like, man, I said, yeah, uh, I don't know you. And he's, and he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, we talked at one time. I was like, I don't think so, man. I really don't think so. I, I remember faces, but he's like, I, but I was like, hey, man, I just want you to know so much. Jesus loves you. He's so all up. He just, he's, he's all over you right now. He loves you. And the guy looks at me and he's like, He's like, oh, hey, all right. And I was like, do you know Jesus Christ? And he goes, no, I don't. I was like, oh, man, let me, let me share him with you. So we got a lunch date next week. We're going to hang out and talk a little bit together. And it's awesome. The guy, I mean, he's just, he thinks that, he thought we knew each other, but it's just a doorway. And it's just a doorway. And there's people every single place that you go, whether you're in a high school system right now as a teenager or whether you're in a, you're in mops group or maybe you're in a, you're, you know, you're, you're at a ball game. Uh, you, you brush shoulders with people every day that will tell you they don't know Jesus Christ. And there is a need, and there is a, desperate, uh, there is a desperate need for that. So I, I want to encourage you guys, look for those needs, because, man, uh, he, he wants to be known. He wants to be known through you. You are someone else's encounter. I want to just ask you guys, has anyone experienced one of, one of these ways that we're, we've demonstrated compassion, that we've, we've sought out and, and, and we're trying to lead people to, to Christ, has anyone throughout the week just had a moment where, man, they got to speak into someone's life? Anyone at all? Just, and maybe you don't even have to share, but just, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, awesome. We got two people. Anyone else? I just wanna, I wanna see what God is doing in our hearts. Anyone else? Man, that's awesome. Praise God. I really, I mean, I really mean that this is, this is incredible. And does anyone want to share? Does anybody want to, does anyone want to share uh, an encounter that they had? It's a, a lot of these, a lot of these um, encounters aren't a, let's sit down. Let me give you the full gospel message. Let me give you the 16 fundamental truths. 
And then after that, I'll get you water baptized, Holy Spirit baptized, saved. A lot of these encounters aren't like this. It's, it's just sons and daughters knowing who we are and, and releasing Jesus through our lives, releasing love, becoming love to people. And so I celebrate with you. I'm ex- I, that delights my heart because I, I know that God is, I know God is stirring our hearts to walk in that, to walk in greatness. And um, Another thing, uh, Uh, just thinking, you know, uh, this kind of, uh, I don't know if you guys know Dan Moeller. Dan Moeller's been a, a mentor in my life. Uh, not personally, just I've, I've watched a lot of his stuff. But he, um, he, is, he says, you know, for all, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Um, and so many people, they go out and they might not experience that prompting in their heart, like I didn't feel led to go and pray for someone. You know, and what he says is if, 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 you want to feel lead every time, go down to the local bait shop and pick up some lead and put it in your pocket. So that way, every time you feel lead in your pocket, you'll know that Jesus cares about those who don't know him. <laughs> so that way, we just completely despiritualize everything. We just said, oh, I feel lead. I'll, I'll go and uh, share Jesus. Um, but his heart, heaven's priorities, is that we seek and save those who are lost. And that's a couple testimonies. Uh, it seems like everywhere I go now, I never walk into the building and say, uh, you know, I never walk into that building and try to go get my eggs and water and leave. Every building that I enter, I say, Father, who is it in here that you want to encounter, that heaven wants to invade their heart? Who is it? And, and it's normal for us to live that way because that's why he saved us. He didn't save us so that we can have a better yacht. He didn't save us so that we can have a better or a, a, an extra day on the weekend. You know, thank God it's Friday. I understand the concept, but it's very twisted because that's, that's slavery mentality, that's survival mode. That's, man, I can't wait till Friday, so that way I can just check out. Thank God it's every day, because every day his mercies are new for us, and he is so desperate to know people today. And so whether it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, just know that God, is, God doesn't live for the weekends, he lives for the moments. And that's why, again, it's not, about, it's not just about preaching a sermon or preaching a message, it's about stewarding every moment that we have because every moment is a, is a gift. And the older you get, the more you see that for what it is. Uh, when you're young, you're like, I can't wait till Friday so I can have a uh, sleepover with my best friend and we're gonna stay up late and eat popcorn and it's awesome. But the older you get, the more you're like, man, these days, <laughs> these days are, are flying by and, and I'm sure the older I get, the, the clearer that will become as well. But we have to demonstrate compassion. If we want to realign ourselves with heaven's priorities, we have to demonstrate compassion. See, we don't, we don't, th- this is so important, is when I go out and I share my faith with people, uh, it's, it's easy for me. Uh, it, it, the enemy always comes alongside of me and he tries to whisper uh, basically the opposite of what I'm thinking. Uh, like, he'll, he'll say, oh man, you're really, you're really a, a you're really an, an evangelist. You're really doing good as an apostle. Wow, look at you. And he uses reverse psychology on me. And he's saying, and he's basically saying, you're amazing. Well, if more people were like you, man, America would be different. And it's demonic. It's completely demonic. These thoughts are not of God. They're not my thoughts. They're Satan's thoughts. And, and that's what he, and so when, when we do 
when we do reach out through compassion and we do reach out and we, we're, we're planting seeds, whether we're harvesting or whether we're planting, scattering seed, watering, whatever, whatever we're doing, we do not get our identity from those things. We get all of our identity through the finished work of Christ. When Jesus looked out and said, Father, forgive them, they don't have a clue. He was talking about me. He was talking about you. And he said, all of, all of it, I paid in full, it's finished. And he hung his head and he, and he gave up his spirit. That, when, when he did that, he bridged the gap between heaven and earth. And so everything that was impossible. See, in the Old Testament, everyone tried so hard to get into the Holy of Holies. There's the outer court, the middle court, the, the curtain. The cur- curtain was so thick and you couldn't go in it because if you did, you'd die because of the great separation of God's holiness versus our sinfulness. But when Jesus died, Scripture says that that, that curtain was ripped in half. And, 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 and it's symbolic to now, we don't stride to get into the Holy of Holies. We live in the Holy of Holies and we stride to get into the world to, to, to um, demonstrate Christ, to to bring with us. I experienced God. I have been in the Holy of Holies. Now here, let me, let me show you what it looks like. And, and, and guys, it's, it's not as overly spiritual as it sounds. It's just practical. He's just calling us to practically love people, to sh- demonstrate compassion. And so I just want to challenge you. You know, maybe, maybe you're in that TGIF mode. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God, you know, I just, I just encourage you, take a step out of that. I'm not, I'm not saying don't say, thank God it's Friday. I mean, I, it's okay to, to write that, whatever. But your heart, make sure that our heart isn't there. Because when our heart's there, it is survival mode. And that spirit that I was talking about earlier, that apathetic, um, that's, that's what feeds. The apathy feeds off of that. That, oh, I just, man, I, Lord, please get me out of this place. The, the rapture is when the Father is coming for a bride that's ready, that looks beautiful, that is that has kept herself pure, undefiled. That's who he's coming back for. He's not, he's not sending in Jesus to go rescue people. No, he's, he's sending in his son because he says it's wedding day. And the bells will ring and Satan is, lo- he is already doomed and defeated. And I thank God to that, for that. But the second thing we talked about is we have to put sin to death. Um, I just talked quickly about this. You know, the, the, there's accidental sin versus justified sin. Now, obviously, accidental sin is what it sounds like. It's, you know, you come into my office and you say, hey, John, I'm really sick of the way you do things around here. And I lash out on you. I said, I don't really care about you because it's about me and it's not about you. You leave and then I think, that was really dumb. That was fleshy. That wasn't part of the cross. That wasn't part of it is finished. That was just John, little part of that old man trying to revive itself. That was dumb. So I need to go back to you and say, man, that was, that was ridiculous, sorry. Conviction of Holy Spirit hits our hearts and then it's our job to step into it. And when we don't, we live in guilt. We say, uh, yeah, I know, I know I was wrong, but I just don't wanna, I just don't wanna humble myself. I just, you know, you know what, God, but they, they, and so it becomes justified sin. And justified sin, see, I just wanna explain something really quick. Uh, treason, I want you to understand what treason is. Treason is a betrayal of one, one's own country, okay? So uh, back in the day, especially in England, uh, in the common law of England, when someone committed treason, they were either executed on the spot, they were almost always, their, their goods were confiscated. Um, the benefits of being English was confiscated. Uh, they were no longer, they had no rights. Um, they... Um, even, it even affected their family members, their immediate family members. So 
say I committed treason in England back in the day, uh, everything that Heather owns would be taken, everything that Elijah owns would be taken, everything, I mean everything, even my brother, my parents, everything that they own would be taken because I committed treason. That's how offensive treason is. And justified sin in the kingdom of heaven is treason. And so there's, and what I mean by that is, is, is justified sin is, it's sin that we're okay with holding on to. There are things in our life right now, probably sinful, that we're maybe not aware of, but every day we say, Father, what's in my life that doesn't look like you? Because I'm alive today to look like you, Jesus. I'm, your mercies are new for, every, for me every morning because you've called me to look like you. You didn't call me to have a better day. You've called me to look like you, Father, in the world around me. Six days, the other six days, we look like Christ right now, joining together and worshiping him, encouraging each other. It's awesome. Uh, but, but the other six days, he's saying, look like me. And so, and so it's important that justified sin is not staying in our lives. And, and just to name a few, there's, um, I, I really want to talk here about uh, developing Christ's character, but just to name a, a few, um, lying. Lying is, is incredibly offensive to God. We try to avoid responsibility when we lie. Uh, you know, did you clock in by nine? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds good. Then I won't have to, you know, I, I won't have to talk to you about being tardy then. But in reality, um, lying is one of the, it's, uh, it's one of the most terrible things that we can do. In fact, in the New Testament, it killed two people. And, and, and so when we lie, especially uh, as sons and daughters, it looks nothing like the finished work of Christ. The finished work of Christ is complete truth, and the truth sets us free. Okay? And so, so we have to look like truth. We don't, we don't lie. There's sexual immorality. Now, of course, in this time, it was rampant. I mean, every, the, the, what they saw in this age would be something we would never want to see on our streets. But unfortunately, we are starting to see it through our television sets. Things, things like rated R movies and PG-13 movies, and it doesn't even have to be those things, but things that we let into our lives. Um, and we say, well, my brothers and sisters in Christ are doing it. My other brothers and sisters in Christ are doing it. I guess we should all do it. Uh, that is not God's plan for us. His plan is to come back for a pure bride, not for one that's been sleeping around with images and, and, other, and other, when I say sleep around, I, I mean um, uh, as, a, as, a, as more of a, um, not a literal, but kind of a, yes, a mental idea of it. It's, it's we are, when we're not faithful to God, when we're, when we're justifying sin in our life, that's what it's like. It's, we, are, we are actually in bed with the devil. And that, that hurts God because, because he has purified us. And when he brought us out of sin, he, he said, I don't even remember. I can't even remember your past. You look beautiful. So why would we go and defile ourselves? We, we, it's just terrible. And there's, there's plenty more, but let me tell you good news. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. See, I, I sinned uh, for 25 or for 17 years of my life, and I kept saying, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. And I, I don't really know what, how my salvation looked like, whether it was on and off, on and off, or whatever. I just know that God is, was patient with me. And, and he helped me, and he kept drawing my heart. And here I am. I love Jesus with all that I am. I love him to death. Today I want to talk a little bit about the importance of developing into Christ's character. 
we have to develop into Christ's character um, if we are to complete uh, this message, really why our identity matters, because if we're not looking like Christ, and if we're still looking like ourselves, then we gotta ask ourselves, have we received a new identity yet, or are we just saying that we are, that we are, that we have the new identity? The motivation that drives us to become more like Christ must be love. So many times we get up in the morning, we're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go out, I gotta share my faith, I gotta, I gotta go and give a prophetic word, I have to run in the anointing, I gotta go and heal someone, and I gotta do all these things in order to receive God's love. Or I gotta, I gotta do all these things to, to be approved by God. But that's not it at all. God approves of you, he loves you, he gives, he's gonna share, we're gonna share in his glory, and he's, the Father sees you the same way he sees Jesus the finished work of Christ. You are innocent, you are made pure, he loves you, he's after your hearts, he likes what he sees. So the thing that needs to be motivating us needs to be love and not guilt and not shame. See, the enemy, what he does is he comes alongside of us and he says, oh, you didn't do your Bible reading today. Oh, you didn't figure out this prophetic word yet. Oh, you haven't shared your faith today. Oh, you haven't spent enough time with your son or your daughter today. Oh, he, he gives us a big old long list of everything that we have ever done wrong throughout the day. And, we, and so we try to start doing it. We, start, we try to start working out. We, we try to start um, encountering God through works. He says, no, 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 you don't have to encounter me through works. Works are just response to his love for us. That's the only reason why we do works because I love you. I can't remember who said it today. But we, I, I do works. I share faith. I, I, I pray for people for healing constantly because I love Jesus now. He paid so much for me. How in the world could I hoard that? I'm not gonna hoard eternal life and, and, and his name is Jesus. I'm not gonna hoard him. I'm, gonna, I'm going to give him freely. And, that's what, and that should motivate us. See, but, the, but another very critical thing we have to understand is we have to become love and we can only become love when Holy Spirit is present. Um, I, like I said, for 17 years, I tried to become love without Holy Spirit living inside of me as, as God of myself. I, 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 I did all the right things to end all my addictions, to end my lying, to end my dishonor. I did all the right things, but eventually I just slid right back in. And that's the problem when we try to live like Christ without Holy Spirit living inside of us. And I'm, I'm talking separate. I'm not talking about baptism and Holy Spirit. That's separate and that, that is, that's beautiful and that's, um, that's to empower us to be a witness, uh, to look like Christ. And if, if you want that, man, I'll, I'll pray for you and believe that, God, that Jesus will baptize you today. But what I'm just talking about is if you are a son or a daughter, Jesus lives, Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit of Jesus lives inside of you, whether you know that or not. Together, corporately, we make up his temple. Uh, if, if, if you go over into Israel, you can go to um, you can go to temples of other gods. Jesus is so strategic. Like, why don't, why don't we have a mobile temple? Why don't I just put my spirit inside of them so everywhere they go, they just harbor the, the presence of Almighty God? God is so good. He's so strategic. And so, but Holy Spirit has to be present. We have to be developing into his character if we are to be stepping into our, our real identity. You know, our, uh, I, I do want to say that, you know, 
natural maturity, like when you think about just, uh, uh, just children, if you will, uh, it takes time for children, to, for infants to grow into toddlers, for toddlers to, uh, to grow into you know, preschoolers and kindergartners, and it, it takes time. And so I, I want you, I mean, we understand that it is time that does develop people. Time, time does do that. And, but unfortunately, as a culture, we put so much emphasis on time. You know, oh, you know, he's in a rebellious state right now. He'll come out of it. Just, just give him time. You know, we, we, we um, go to, um, we go to, I remember going to Wiley Park go-karts, and you had to be this tall to be able to get into the go-karts, right? And I remember being this tall. And I remember being so frustrated and like, oh, why can't I drive the go-karts? And uh, there was a time when I, I could, I, I got to, and it was awesome. Uh, but, but the thing is, is we, we, ra- we wait so much on time. Time, uh, time matures us. But there's a danger in that. It seems right. It seems good. But ma- oh, see, that's natural maturity. You give it time. You give it age, you know and they're going to grow. But spiritual maturity is not primarily you know, focused on time, passing by the moment you gave your life to Christ. You could have given your life to Christ 80 years ago and not be maturing today. It's possible. See, uh, spiritual maturity, what, it, what that looks like is living daily surrender to Holy Spirit, looking more like Jesus every day. That's spiritual maturity. You want to look like Christ? You're stepping into that, God, thank you so much, Lord. I know I messed up today, but God, I thank you that I'm not made for that. Satan, go away in Jesus' name. Thank you that you're behind me. And we just go into it with the mentality of the finished work of Christ instead of thinking about, uh, you know, oh, I, I just got to, I just got to, you know, try harder. Jesus sees us as innocent now. He sees us as his kids. But it's so important. Um, Luke 2.52 says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and all the people. And so remember that if, if Jesus had to grow in favor and in wisdom, I mean, I, I get that with man, but think about that with Almighty God. And if Jesus had to, how much more are we, you know, to grow in, in, in those things, to grow in our maturity? Luke 9, verse 23, it says, He said to the crowd, If any, of, any one of you wants to be my follower... You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. The cross is not beauty in Scripture. The cross is horrific, terrible, bloody mess. The cross is an electric chair. It's the, it's the poison that kills people. The cross is absolutely horrendous for what it does to people. Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, you have to, you have to deny yourself. You have to Turn away from your selfish desires and pick up your cross. Die to yourself and follow me. See, now we're in union with God. We, we let God help us. Father, thank you. Thank you that you've made me for greater things than, than this addiction. God, thank you that you love, love me and, and I don't have to treat my wife that way. God, I thank you that, and you begin to see everything differently. We, we, um, we have to turn off the old self, and to put on our new identity. Because identity has to matter. Those who have been touched by heaven need to look different than those who haven't. I'm going to just um, read very quickly. I know, I know it's noon. Just bear with me just for a couple more seconds. 
Jesus says you need to put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. Kindness. You have to be humble and gentle and patient. Make allowance for each other's faults. Think about that for a moment. You know, making allowance, you know, when I did my chores every week, I would get so much money a week, and that would be my allowance. And at the end of the week, I could go and say, hey, can I have money? And they'd say, yeah, thank you for, thank you for helping. Here's your money. They've made an allowance for me because of my, my, my chores. Scripture here is saying make an allowance for each other's faults. It's okay if people hurt us. It's okay if people offend us. It's okay. Make an allowance for them. and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, and you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with, with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace come, that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Some of these things, uh, whether it's mercy whether it's kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Jesus is saying that we need to clothe ourselves. The same way you get up and the, the reason why you look good is because you got up and you said, oh, blue goes well with brown, green goes well with this. Yeah, you, you, you made that decision, now you're here and you look great. The same way that you clothe yourself in the morning, you're looking at yourself in the mirror, we're to look at ourselves in the word of God and we're saying, God, how, do, how am I supposed to dress today? You say, okay, you want me to put on kindness today. That means when they're honking at you because, um, you know, it's a red light and you forgot to go or, you know, you're in line at, at the store, um, instead of getting angry, instead of, it's just be kind. Just be kind. That's what he wants you to dress like. I know you guys know this stuff and some of you guys are just excelling so much. I mean, I have so much to learn from you, obviously, but, but I, I really feel like God's saying, you know, don't, we cannot stop growing in these areas. You know, some of us, one of you guys might be the mercy guy. One of you guys might be the kindness guy. One of you guys might be the, the, the patient guy. But don't let that be all that you are. Grow in these things. If, if, you know, if, if we're not looking more like our brother in Christ, Jesus says, you know, whoever, whoever overcomes, we'll, we will sit with him in his place of honor on his throne. Just, Jesus says, just as I have sat on the front throne with my father, you will sit on the throne with me. And when I sit on that throne, when I walk through the doors, when in, in heaven right now, just powerful, when in heaven right now, when Jesus looks into a mirror, I want him to see my face. Not, in, not, not as, not as a theoretical, but literally, he can see me because I'm looking more like him. I want to look like Jesus as a brother, you want to look like Jesus, we have to put on, it's not just about holding down the fort, guys. If you want to hold down the fort, uh, you know, go into a room, lock the door, turn off all the lights, and just pray. That's living, you know, holding down the fort. God desires that we not just not sin. Oh, I just got to make it, I, you know, as long as I don't sin. No, we have to put on things. 
Paul is saying, strip off that old self, crucify the old flesh. Now put on me. Put on my. Put on what what um, the Spirit brings. And so, again, it's impossible to look like Jesus unless Holy Spirit's inside of us, because Holy Spirit's the one who causes us to bear the fruit of the Spirit, which is a lot of these things: patience and kindness, goodness, self-control. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. We cannot afford to compare our, the way we, we um, look to each other. If I look to you and say, well, I must be doing good. And I look at you and say, well, I need to be doing a lot better. We can't afford to do that. We can, you can encourage me, you can teach me, you can help me, and walk with me. I encourage you, please walk with me in my, my, my walk. Don't, don't tell me everything I'm doing wrong. I don't need you to tell me what I'm doing wrong because I know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I say, God, what am I doing wrong? And he, sh- he shows me every day, Father. And I say, Father, help me. Thank you that I was never created for that. The only thing that God asks us to give up is something that you were never created for to have in the first place. Satan just tries to come and he tries to like mess with the image of God and you are the image of God. And so um, I think I, I want to thank you for, for um, kind of hearing this out. See, God is so concerned with our identity. You know, in the last days there will be a lot of people that fall away. Even God's elect is what scripture teaches. And my heart's desire is that that doesn't happen. I heard a very wise man say this last week. The reason why we fall back into sin a lot of times is because we get too comfortable near it. And I want to encourage you guys, uh, don't, don't, don't toy with it. it. It's meant to, to hold us back. It's meant, it's meant to mess with our identity. Our identity needs to be pure in Christ. And when the Father sees us, all he needs to see is Jesus. And so I just want to, I want, uh, why don't you put on some music? I just want to pray for you guys right now. Just close your eyes, would you please? If um, um, God, God is here in this moment right now, and he, and he wants to reach into your life right now. And I'm just going to ask you, um, sometimes I have people look up or, or you know, just, but right now I just want everyone to, to pray uh, for those who are here. Pray for courage. You know, I feel like God, um, God has put this, heart, this, this message on my heart because obviously there are people that are dealing with this. There are people that have turned off sonship, turned off daughtership. We, we wake up Sunday mornings and we look good and we're, we're uh, you know, we, you guys look fantastic. Put on your best tie, your best suit jacket, your best button-up shirt, whatever dress, and we come here and we we act a certain way that's in agreement with our identity in Christ. But then we we leave this place and we get in an argument over where to eat for lunch, and then we yell at the kids to be quiet and respect mom, and then we we it's we're constantly it's like we we forget, like we forget who we are. And I just want to, I want to agree with you. I want to pray with you. And Father, Holy Spirit sees you right now. And he just wants to ask you, you know, if, if that's you this morning, if you have kind of lost sight of your identity, 
you've kind of looked to the left and to the right. Maybe, maybe you don't even know why you're doing this, why you're even here. I just want you to slip up your hand if you would like prayer. I'm not going to call you up front. I just want you, when, when we lift our hands up, it's just showing God, Father, I agree with this message. And, uh, and I just ask your Holy Spirit to come and help me. Know that I am, I am in, that I'm a son, that I'm a daughter. And he'll walk with you right now. Is there anyone, anyone else that says, you know what, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you love us. Make us aware of sonship. Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for the these people this morning, your your children, your bride, God. Thank you that you've given me such a great privilege and an honor to pour into them, God. And Lord, I'm I'm faithful to you, God. I say yes and amen to your word, every word of it, God. Yes and amen to it. And I just release that same uh, authority, that same uh, anointing and and agreement into the lives of my brothers and sisters, who in their hearts just say. You know what, I, I've maybe kind of lost track of who I am in Christ. I, I haven't been doing as well as I should have, and I, I know I can be doing better. God has called me to something greater. You know, maybe it's even just simple as movies. I don't know, I'm just saying that right now on the fly. God has been calling you to give up some sort of movies, and it's been hard. Some of you, it's, it's taken a step of faith being willing to be made a fool before others just so that you can just so that Jesus can be preached he is so concerned with people of Huron today he's not trying to get to the next revival the next Friday uh, event he's not trying to get to journey tonight he's in this moment is there anyone else that wants to respond tonight just put up your hand in faith I'm going to pray right now Jesus, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you, you, you have adopted us. You have given us a new identity to look completely different than the world around us. Lord, I pray for strength, for your power and your love and a sound mind to rest in our hearts today, God, in our, in our spirits, Father. I pray that we steward well sonship and daughtership, God, what that means and what that looks like, Father. We exalt your name, Jesus. We just love you. We just love you for the cross. We just command the enemy to go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We're making room for you now. In Jesus' name. Ask, Father, that you lead the way. In Jesus' name. Always feel free to stay and pray and